everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back. This is your go-to podcast for anyone craving fresh ways to apply God's Word to your everyday life. Today, we see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous, and I am with my special guest, Kathleen Cook. She is incredibly inspiring. She's a media executive, producer, actress, writer, and global speaker. She's a founding partner at Cook Media Group, where she oversees casting and is a creative director for all major projects. She is the former co-director of the Global Biola Media Conference and the National Women's Ascend Conference and founded and directed Christian Women in Media in Hollywood. She leads and inspires women involved in media and entertainment through her nonprofit, The Influence Lab, focused on redefining and effectively using Christian media strategies in the digital age. She speaks globally and presently leads Influence Women, includes quarterly gatherings and the bi-monthly Influence Women's Journal. She's on the advisory boards for the National Salvation Army, Hollywood Prayer Network, Forward Women, and Courage for Life. She is a busy woman, y'all. She cherishes being the wife to Phil Cook, mother to two daughters and son-in-law, and two grandchildren. She does not look old enough to have a grandchild, I can tell you that. Her devotional hope for today, stay connected to God in a distracted culture, don't we all need that, challenges readers to engage with the Bible four or more times a week. You can follow Kathleen on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and I will put all of those links in my show notes at Kathleen Cook LA on Instagram at Kathleen Cook Official and Facebook Kathleen Cook Official. Also her website and blog, KathleenCook.com. And you can sign up for her monthly Influence Women's Journal at InfluenceLab.com forward slash women. Wow, Kathleen, you are an amazing and inspiring leader. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's so fun to be with you and all of your listeners. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I know we have something in common in that we are both a part of the EKS Exceptional Keynote Speaker website, which is where I was introduced to you. And so I'm honored to kind of share that platform with you. But for people who may not have met you or been introduced to you yet, you know, I would love to just hear about you and your family and kind of where you're from and what your ministry looks like. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I actually grew up in um, what some people call Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> I, uh, my father was recruited to be the first basketball coach there in 1949 when they built their first high school, Las Vegas High School. And uh, my parents were living in Reno at the time. I wasn't um, on the horizon quite yet when they moved there. But uh, God had plans for all of us in living there. It was a, quite an exceptional place, actually, to grow up and see that city come to what it is today. And it certainly uh, has changed for me over, over uh, the years. My mother uh, actually became um, uh, engaged with her faith more seriously when she did move to Las Vegas. So even though you moved to Sin City, God's still there. <laughs> 
And um, so she was a very strong uh, believer in Jesus and Christ and the word of God and led us all um, into a very strong relationship with him as we grew up as kids. And uh, I eventually went to Oral Roberts University um, after high school and met my husband there. And uh, he was a film buddy film director and producer and we worked with Oral Roberts and um, the ministry there for several years. I uh, went into teaching school originally so I taught school for several years but then God had his ultimate plans for us um, and really the passions in both of our hearts when we moved to Los Angeles in 1991. I had grown up with an outdoor trash can full of costumes. I would become a, a different character every day after school. And my mother um, filled that trash can with flea market finds and, and things that I could become a new character with. And so when we moved to Hollywood in 99, uh, 1991, God fulfilled that passion in my heart that was from an early age. And I went into theatrical acting, became a Screen Actors Guild actress from about 1992 to about 2011. And at the same time, my husband and I were building our own production company, Cook Media Group. And uh, so we started our production uh, company, Cook Media Group in 91. So um, I keep my tennis shoes on, on and keep them tied and uh, just uh, try to keep up with where, where God's taking us these days. I love that. Is there a favorite place that you have visited? I do a lot of work in Africa, but I'm just curious if you've got a favorite country or a favorite experience overseas. You know, everyone asks me that, and um, it's like asking me what my favorite fruit is. <laughs> you, know? Uh, there, you know, God's planted, planted so many beautiful people and experiences and cultures around the world. That's so true. Um, it really is hard to choose. I, I find myself immersed um, when I'm in those countries at the time and loving each one of them. And then God just takes me to the next one. And, um, you know, there are certain ones that are more challenging than others, certainly with um, health issues and things going on these days. We were just in Beijing, China in October. So with the coronavirus going on right now as we speak um, and the problems going on, I was just communicating with that uh, Christian team that is embedded there in Beijing and um, today on email. And um, so we need to pray. And, you know, I, I work quite a bit with the Middle East um, and some of the challenges that are going on there. And, um, and even, you know, places you think within Europe, you know, are really struggling um, so much these days. We are very privileged to still in the United States have our religious freedom because that is being taken away pretty quickly in so many places around the world today. That's so true. And when you travel, I know you and your husband work together. What is the primary focus of what you're doing now? I know you're not really acting as much now. So what is the main focus of what you do both here in the States and when you're traveling? Well, we're doing quite a bit of speaking and teaching right now. However, we just finished a documentary on called Inexplicable, How Christianity Flourished to the Ends of the Earth. And that's coming out in March. Um, our focus for that was in Asia. So sometimes we are uh, shooting productions around the world um, at various places. Mainly we're speaking, though, through our nonprofit, The Influence Lab, right now, which uh, is, its focus is to help Christians use media more effectively. 
we've learned a lot in our business here over the years in Hollywood and in working with Christian producers and ministers and pastors and launching global ministries. And we feel like that's kind of our our niche right now with what God wants us to be doing. I love that intersection that you are really connecting between the marketplace and ministry and, and how we can use what's in our hand as effectively as possible, especially to share the medium of the gospel. Absolutely. You know, um, if we go back to the way Jesus taught us, he taught us in stories and with questions. And often he would present a story and didn't always give us the meaning of it or would give us a question and walk away. Um, and so I believe that movies and media today should, should and can be used in the same way effectively. We can produce great stories and that can leave people to ponder and think. We can create uh, stories that ask questions and uh, we can ask those questions in various ways. Statistics tell us we're bombarded with about 5,000 media messages a day. And so our job is to be able to cut through that clutter and be able to have a story and a question and something that resonates that will stand out and allow people to, um, to partake of what God wants to give them uh, abundantly in their lives. Well, you know, we talk here on the podcast about discovering miracles in life's messy moments. And I'm, I'm sure between your travels and your work in Hollywood and even growing up in Las Vegas, I'm sure you have experienced the miraculous a number of times in your life. And you shared, you know, one with me prior to this interview about a season that you went through in London. And I would just love to invite you to kind of walk us through what happened and how God met you in the middle of that. Yeah, that uh, was really a life-changing uh, situation. You know, there are moments in your life, I think God just kind of grabs your attention and says, okay, we're going to go this way now. And I think that was really a moment for me in my life. It was back in uh, 2005, and uh, my husband and I were, were there shooting a documentary on um, called The Better Hour, The Legacy of William Wilberforce. And for those of you who don't remember, uh, William Wilberforce was one of the key par- parliamentarians in England at the time, uh, late 1700s, early 1800s, that abolished, uh, that got uh, the ministers there and the parliament to abolish slavery. And then eventually that decision went on to affect what happened in the United States when our dear president, Abraham Lincoln, then was abolished and uh, would go on to abolish slavery in the United States. But um, we were there to shoot his life story. And so we were on the way on the morning of July 7th to the British Library, which is across the street from a tube station that was to explode that morning on our way there. Now we would have been in that tube station had not we had we not been with a crew and a team in a van with all of our equipment that day, because normally when we're in England or in London there, we take the tubes. So we were on the street there though when the bomb exploded then just down the street from us and on the bus. There were two bombs that went off. And it was one of the first big terrorist attacks that they kind of equaled it to their 9-11 there in England, in uh, London at the time. So of course we weren't able to make it to the British Library that day because of everything that was going on. And the next day when we did get, get there, the curator was standing with all of the books and articles and documents we were going to be filming 
but she looked at me and she said, I know this was not on your list, but she said, I felt like I needed to hand this, to, to let you view this today because of everything that happened the day before, that we were so close, uh, having been so close the day before with all of us being killed just because of the proximity and where we were going. Certainly that curate, curator was probably already at work when those, bus, when those bombs went out off or was possibly even on the way to work herself. And so she handed me Anne Boleyn's Bible. And Anne Boleyn was the second wife of Henry VIII. And she was killed in the Tower of London. She had her head cut off. But the last thing she held in her hands was a Bible. And she had scratched her name, Annie, into the leaves on the side of that Bible. And as she handed it to me, I thought, wow, you know, we don't take the word of God into our hearts and lives, and it's not precious to us like we should be. And it was a wake-up call for me, not only because of my life being saved the day before, but a wake-up call spiritually in the importance of our Bible and the Word of God in our lives. It's a living document. The Bibles will not go away. It's eternal. I, I, from there, went on to work with a client a few years later. That, that was the beginning. Then a couple years later, we worked with a client called Back to the Bible, which um, hired a group or put together a group called the Center for Bible Engagement. And they did an eight-year study, a million-dollar study, on the habits and activities of Christians. And what we do that actually affects our lives. Is it, is it going to church? Is it reading our Bible? Is it praying? Is it listening to preachers? Listening to great podcasts and in uplifting shows like we're doing today, what are those things that we do that actually really affects our lives? And the most important, single most important thing that came out of that study, million dollar study, was that if we're not reading our Bible four or more times a week, we will make no significant choices or changes any different from someone who never reads the Bible. Statistics showed in their research that when you engage with God four more times a week, that your uh, drug and alcohol usage globally goes down by 70%. Bitterness, anger would fall in a person's life by 40%. Even obesity would fall by 20%. And here we are running to Christian um, bookstores, trying to find the latest book on how to help us with our finances, how to, how to lose weight, how to get off drugs, how to help us with our marriage. And yet we are not engaging ourselves in the Word of God. The statistics went on to say that 50% of Americans have never read through the Bible uh, one time. Those of us who call ourselves Christians have never read through the Bible one time, even though we have four or almost five of them in our houses today. And so these kind of statistics are eye-opening. Um, and the reason, the reason we're not doing it, well, we are busy people and uh, we are distracted. We are distracted with our media devices, specifically that, that little square little thing, that little rectangle thing that we keep in our, in our back pocket. And so we, all of these things were a wake up call to me. God just led me to write my devotional hope for today, stay connected to God in a distracted culture. And it's focused on uh, a four-day-a-week format with journaling at the end of each week so that you can write in the book as well about how you've engaged with God and then be able to pass that on 
to your uh, to the next generation, to your loved ones, because it's so important that we not only engage with God four or more times a week, but that we pass that interaction um, that we've had with Him along as well. And I'm just curious. Thank you for sharing that. And as you were talking, it kind of brought me back. We passed her right mm-hmm. outside of Washington D.C. So we actually had congregation members in the Pentagon during the attack and didn't know till hours later if they were okay. And it is harrowing. It is life altering. It definitely is a defining moment. I know we can all kind of think back. Most Americans remember where they were on 9-11, but to have been so close to something and then to have this really defining moment receiving that Bible was that a pivot for you in, in your desire to get the Bible love of the word into more people's hands? Or did you already have that desire and love prior to that? And this just intensified it? Or I wonder what shifted for you in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in the church. Certainly we were working, uh, you know, very close. I have a very strong relationship with the Lord, but I never really uh, stopped to think about how important the Bible and the word truly is. Um, and I think it just electrified me and wanting to convey to people how we talk about so many of our issues today, our problems, um, and we veer off in various ways to try to solve them. And yet we totally ignore what's written in the Bible. I really believe that as we live and work in a crazy, uncertain world that will continue to be even more so, I think, as time goes on. That our only hope, our only place that we really can find refuge and strength and wisdom is in the Word of God, and that He will reveal Himself to us through that. But we have to be diligent, and we have to be strong enough to um, not be so busy to ignore the Word of God in our lives daily. Now, I thought it was quite interesting. I think the thing that was also uh, pivotal to me was finding out through this research that, you know, we are busy people. We have schedules. And we, as much as we want to spend time with God every single day, we're not perfect people. And so sometimes we feel guilty about that, so much so that we just give up period in even attempting to spend time with him. And I think that's what has has often happened in our world and culture today. So I think the fact that the research was revealing enough to say, you just do this four times a week and watch your life change. You know, I'm on the plane at sometimes three and four o'clock in the morning or up really late, uh, you know, traveling and doing what we do. And there are times I can't read my Bible every day. I'm always praying. I can tell you that. I always pray. But uh, as far as really focused, engaged time with God, I can't always do it every day. And um, God doesn't want us to feel guilty about that. He wants us to know that He's there and that we can take that little a smartphone of ours and be smart and schedule time when we can be with him. You know, we schedule our dental appointments. We schedule our play dates with our kids, various parents and the children, and we schedule everything. 
but are we scheduling our time in Bible reading? And so I would challenge your listeners today to think about scheduling time four or more times a week. And I can guarantee you, your life will change in really incredibly positive ways. I'm finding among women, it is, it is a leading challenge that we are facing is being incredibly distracted, even having the intention to read our Bible, but this distraction and that distraction. And, you know, it's nothing new. Even you think about Mary and Martha and the Bible. And Jesus finally said to her, Martha, you're just distracted, you know, by all these things that have to be done. And it's not that those things weren't important, but she was missing the main thing. You know, when you, when you think about your physical body, you know that trainers are telling you that you should be exercising three to four, four days, or at least That's four true. days a week. That's true. And so if our physical body is needing four days a week, what do you think our own spiritual body is, is needing as well? And uh, I think some of it has to do with that. I think God also knows that we are consumed with a lot of time issues and family and career and everything else in our lives. And he doesn't want us to feel guilty. I think he wants us to, to be able to, uh, to engage with him and, be, and have that focused time with him. I think that has a lot to do with it too. You know, we just think I can manage life without the word and we forget, like you said, it's a living, breathing document. I remember one of my first trips to Africa, we had done a kid's camp and we were leaving and a couple of boys that were teenagers, they were not little boys, and one spoke on behalf of the group and he said, Madame, Madame please, you get us a Bible, please, you get us a Bible. And I I realized of all the things these village children, teenagers could have asked me for, you give us money, you give us, I had given them a Hershey chocolate bar earlier in the week and they had, they had carefully broken into the little, you know, the little sections that it comes in. They each had a little piece of it. And I had observed that in my first trip. Now I've been to Africa, I don't know, 19, 20 times. And so that's, I've seen that many times over, unfortunately, but it wasn't so much their physical hunger that was driving them to make this request. It was, they realized if you could get us a Bible, you know, and I was so struck by that. And I made a a point in a subsequent trip to go by that village. It was a couple hundred miles from where that camp had been, had taken place, but someone brought us and we partnered with that church and we got them Bibles and you know, we forget, like you said, we take for granted. If, if you're listening, you live in the United States, we take for granted how incredibly blessed we are to have the Bible literally at our fingertips. But there are people around the world who would give, that would give so much to have what we have such easy access to. Absolutely. One of our recent clients was um, the um, Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. there. I'm sure you've probably been there. Yeah, I wonder. And, I was going to uh, ask if you've been a part of it. I love it. We've been yes. a couple times now. And if you haven't yeah. been and you come to D.C., you have to go. It's so amazing. It is. And one of the most impacting rooms, I think, that I think they have there is to walk into the room that shows you the various languages that have not been translated into the Bible yet. <laughs> And um, I just, uh, one of the things I do every time I meet with my influence women's gatherings uh, with women and online is to uh, talk about a woman of legacy. And so this past month, I've been talking about um, uh, Eileen Townsend, who was the wife of the uh, founder of Wycliffe Bible Translators and their work. And uh, when she died, 
there were about 500 translations that they had done, and there are still about 2,000 today that have not ever been translated. And um, certainly with the travels and the things I do around the world, um, it is evident to me how precious the Word of God is. We were just in Mongolia um, in this last fall and working with a group of translators who've been working for about five years now on a modern translation of the Bible in, in the Mongolian language. To, to try to do that is incredible. And yet it'll come out for the first time this spring and the anticipation there is just incredible uh, for people there. And they know that it's gonna change that country that's been embedded in so much violence over the years. You know, it's the, it's the land of Genghis Khan and uh, it was one of the centers of the, uh, the world at one yes, point. Yes. And uh, here now, well, for the first time, they've had an ancient kind of small translation of the Bible that had been used in the past, but nothing in their language. And so you see the excitement of that and you realize again, as I did, you know, when I held, held Anne Boleyn's Bible, the precious word of God and, um, and how important it is for us not to, not to uh, forget how, uh, how the, the sacrifices and the suffering that has gone on. I, I would, uh, one of our favorite things that we love is the story of William Tyndale, who translated the original Bible uh, from Latin. And believe it or not, it was Tyndale who gave his life, and it was Tyndale's translation that Anne Boleyn was holding because it had just come into English for her to be able to read it herself. And I believe it was one of the most, you know, things that, uh, again, so impacted her life. No, I absolutely just, I'm so enthralled with what you're saying. And I'm, I want to just go on your influence lab. Is that available to anybody or people that want to know more about you? Where would you most like them to go to kind of find out more about your ministry and how they could maybe partner with you? Yeah, I would love that. Yes. Our, um, our nonprofit is the influence lab and it's, uh, influence lab.com. And I lead, a, a group of women uh, here in Hollywood and media who uh, are focused on using their gifts and skills and talents um, to tell the story of, of God more effectively with their media skills and talents. I have a weekly blog at KathleenCook.com. And again, Cook has an E on the end. I'm Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> KathleenCook.com. And, um, and I'd love for them to follow me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and we have influence women on Instagram as well and Twitter and Facebook. So all of those places, if they just uh, Google Kathleen Cook again with an E and, uh, or the influence lab women. And I'll include all that in my show notes. And I want to ask you to just pray over our listeners in just a moment as we kind of end our time together. But can you tell us once more about the documentary that's about to come out? And in fact, by the time this episode airs, I think it will have come out. So where can we find that? It is explicable how Christianity spread to the ends of the world. That's correct. Yes. It's a six part series. 
It's um, being shown right now on the TVN network. Um, I think they're going to be uh, probably marketing it um, further on into other platforms and areas. But right now it is on TVN. Uh, the first one was aired, and I think the second one is getting ready to air. Ours will come out toward the end of March. Um, again, we are one of six producers, and so each of the producers took a different region uh, or countries, some countries, uh, section of the world. Uh, ours was focused on Asia and India. I love that. And I love the legacy you're leaving, not only for your children, your grandchildren, their children, because the greatest legacy we can leave is a love for the word of God and a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I just want to thank you, Kathleen, for what you and your husband are doing, what you have done, what you're continuing to do. And we probably won't know till heaven the full extent of the reward of, of how many people came to the knowledge of who Jesus is through your work. And so I'm incredibly grateful and, and just thank you for taking this time. And, and I will include all of these links in my show notes. I know people want to connect with you and the work that you're doing and to see the documentary. And, and I just thank you for this time together today. And I thank you for persevering and, and always, um, choosing to pivot and to find that fresh perspective to continue to bring the gospel no matter what the cost. And that's truly what we're here for. So thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. Oh, thank you for having me today. Again, I, I love talking about our sweet Jesus and I love talking and encouraging people to get back in the word. So Absolutely. thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I wonder if you would just close our time by praying for our listeners today. Yes, Absolutely. Father, um, we just bow before you right now, wherever we are, in the car, um, at home, in an office, um, wherever you have us, Lord, maybe even a hospital room. And I just ask that your sweet Holy Spirit will descend into our hearts and lives and minds, Lord, and that you will renew in us, Lord, a new direction and a new way, Father, of us being able to hear your voice more clearly. Father, just uh, I pray for anyone today who's suffering, um, who um, don't, who doesn't know where where to turn, Lord. Next, I ask the Father that they would reach out and call out Your name now at this moment, Lord, and that You would descend through Your Holy Spirit into their hearts and minds today, wherever they are. Thank You for this time together, for us to rejoice and to share Your glorious, wonderful saving grace, Lord, that you have for all of us, for your word of God that you've left in our lives, Lord, that we might be able to find um, our way through this world, Lord, into our promised land, Lord, into heaven, Lord, that you've promised. We ask, Lord, that you go with each of us now and um, descend, Lord, into our lives um, in ways, Lord, we've never dreamed of before. Thank you so much for this program and for all these listeners. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDonatio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at AngelaDonatioBOV and Instagram at AngelaDonatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.